The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Asian Madness Podcast. I have been away for far too long, so I decided to drop a bonus episode as a thank you and as a I'm sorry from my listeners. So I remember I started to talk about crimes of passion, starting with bonus episode 7, and I was really going to start a mini-series segment within my own podcast called Crimes of Passion, but I later chose not to. That doesn't mean that I don't have enough stories to share about these love stories gone wrong from Asia. In today's bonus episode, I will be telling you a story of a love triangle that happened in Taiwan two decades ago. Most of us have been through a love triangle at some point in our lives. You love someone, but they love someone else. Or the other way around. It sucks, and most of us try to get over it either by focusing on other things, partying it up, getting drunk, or some other way that works for you. But you know, legal ways. Whatever you do, don't do what this girl did. Here goes. In the year 1995, two girls were attending the same cram school in order to work towards their goal, entry to graduate school. They had gotten to know each other and would hang out at times. They would also help each other study, and before long, the two became really good friends. I will refer to these two by their last names, Hong and Xu. Their friendship continued on when in the following year, they were both accepted into National Tsinghua University's Institute of Biology Radiation Program. Not only did these two women work together towards their goals, they also managed to achieve it together. Well, it's exciting. This school is considered one of the top universities in Taiwan, especially in the science and technology areas. So I guess they worked pretty hard for this. School started in the fall of the year 1996, and unfortunately for the two of them, they both fell in love with the same classmate, a man whom we will refer to as Zheng. Zheng is also a graduate student in their program, but he is around five years older than the two women. The two women were around 22 or 23, while Zheng was around 28. I'm sure you see where this is going. Oh, and it was also rumored that this guy actually had another girlfriend, like a real girlfriend, and the two besties even plotted to break them up. The two women started school as best friends, but because of this love interest of theirs, their friendship quickly began to go downhill. It's a bit sad when friendships are unable to withstand these sorts of obstacles. Everyone reacts differently in these situations, so it's hard to say what one would do. As if falling in love with the same guy is not big enough of an issue, this dude, knowing their infatuation with him and their deteriorating friendship, he began to date the two women and began sleeping with both of them. Obviously, separately, not together as in not a threesome. Despite his actions, he continued to tell people who questioned him about his relationship with the two women 
that, oh, no, they're like younger sisters to me. We're just friends. Gross. That makes it incest, doesn't it? So he's super scummy, and that we get. This is not illegal, obviously. It just comes down to your own moral standards, and sorry to say, I think it's not great. Then again, it takes two to make stuff happen. Or in this case, three. This situation dragged on for way longer than necessary, almost till graduation two years later. In the early morning of May 7th, 1998, almost two years after they started school, shit went down between the two former best friends. Hung and Shu wanted to sort out their problems once and for all, but both of them were expecting the other to back off. And obviously that didn't happen. Hung was demanding Shu to end her relationship with the dude because he is hers, and Shu was like, uh, no, why should I give him up? Hung got extremely angry and slapped Shu, then tackled her to the ground with her hands around Shu's neck. I mean, that's like major assault right there. Shu fell backwards and hit her head on the ground, causing her to bleed profusely, and eventually she passed out. The next part of the story involves chemicals, and I'm going to try my best to get it right. So, Shu hit her head on the floor and passed out. What did Hung do? She went to the laboratory and retrieved a bottle of chloroform. I read that she poured chloroform on Shu, and from what I've researched, it can be absorbed through the skin and can be very deadly. I'm not completely sure what she intended to do with that because it seems a bit of a strange move. Maybe she wasn't sure if she was dead or alive and just decided to either kill her or have her pass out for a longer period of time. If she woke up, she would tell everyone that Hung attacked her, and that would be really bad for her. So she poured chloroform on Shu, dragged her body to another part of the classroom, just out of sight, right next to the air conditioner. She also made sure to clean up the bloodstains. About 16 hours later, on the night of May 7th, Hung went back to the classroom to check on Shu. Apparently nobody discovered her body yet. Shu was dead. The chloroform she poured on Shu had reacted with light, creating a very deadly toxic gas called phosgene. Phosgene is colorless and smells like freshly cut grass, and was once used as a chemical weapon during World War I. I don't really get it though. The girl was studying chemicals and radiation and all. How could she not know how these chemicals work? Or did she panic so much that all logic and understanding just kind of went out the window? Or maybe that's exactly what she wanted to happen. But I assume there would have been easier ways. Now you have a dead girl in a classroom. Hung's next step was to dispose of the body. She went into the lab and mixed up a batch of nitrohydrochloric acid, also known as aqua regia. I think you already know what this is. It's basically acid, and you use it to dissolve things like bodies you don't want others to find. She was unable to move the body anywhere else without being seen, so all she did was use the acid on Shu's face. She was pretty much not recognizable after this. To top it off, Hung retrieved a used condom she had either kept from before or used earlier with Zheng and left it next to Xu's body, trying to make it look like it was rape gone wrong, basically pinning the crime onto the dude. But since we know enough about true crime, I think it's pretty obvious that this sounds like a terrible plan, and of course it did not work. 
As soon as the police began investigating Shu's death, the issues between the three was immediately noted. What's even more damning was that Hung's broken fingernails was discovered at the crime scene, and her shoes had Shu's blood on them. Yeah, major whoops. They started looking into Hung and found that she had been using Shu's email address and credit cards, which is extremely suspicious. Police arrested her and questioned her, to which she explained that the day before she died, the two had gone shopping together and she had offered her her credit card to purchase items with. It was after their shopping trip that the two had their falling out. Not entirely sure if this was even the truth or not, but Hung ended up confessing to murdering her once so-called best friend, and that was what people needed to hear. As soon as the truth came out, both Hung and the guy Zheng were expelled from their graduate program. Hung was indicted for murder, and the prosecution was looking to put her behind bars for the rest of her life. Here's the thing. No one really ever serves out life sentences in Taiwan. In rare extreme cases, you get the death penalty. Most other times, you get paroled after about 15 years, even if your sentence says life without parole. I personally find sentencing and all that in Taiwan to be pretty lenient. But anyway, she was later sentenced to 15 years for the murder and three years for desecration of a human corpse, 18 years total. And she was to begin serving her sentence in January of 1999. She was also ordered to pay the Xu family around 700,000 US dollars. Not sure if she ever managed to pay off that debt. Maybe she's still trying. During her time in prison, she became a born-again Christian and was baptized. I have very strong thoughts about this, and if you recall episode 1 of my podcast, the murderer and kidnapper who was later executed also turned to Christianity before his death. She once said in an interview that if she had been a Christian earlier, she wouldn't have done any of this. I don't know about that. I don't think religion is the only reason you're not supposed to be killing people. Hung applied for parole but was denied many times due to the details of the murder. It was found to be too cruel and graphic, so she was denied parole four times. She applied for the fifth time in 2008, and it was granted. She was only in prison for about 10 years for killing her best friend. She now works as a translator, also trying to pay her debt to society. Is that enough? Do you think she should stay in prison forever? Or do you think she deserves a second chance? I do believe in second chances, and I don't really think Hung is a danger to society. I feel like she lost control that one time and made rash, regrettable, and questionable decisions. But then again, 10 years. That must feel like a slap in the face for Xu's family. As for the guy they spent two years fighting over, he left Taiwan after the murder and continued his studies overseas. His name was cleared when police found he had nothing to do with the actual murder, but I guess you can't arrest someone for being a two-timing douchebag. He returned to Taiwan later on and is probably working as a computer engineer somewhere. Last I heard, he's still single. So, there you have it. A friendship destroyed, two lives destroyed, over a boy. It's unfortunate that these two ladies had to fight each other for the dude, not realizing that. He was very much part of the problem. These kind of situations, definitely irritating and frustrating. But also, how you react to terrible people is on you. 
Let's just try to be nice to each other. That tends to work. Till next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.